Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we have eye-opening conversations with all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to all you first-time and newer listeners. Really glad you're here. Hope you're all doing well and staying safe and sane. Really quick, before we start, if you're enjoying the podcast, please take a quick moment to subscribe and leave a five-star rating or review. That really helps out. If you've been a fan for a while and would like to help keep the podcast going, you can make a secure donation through PayPal or join my podcast page on Subscribestar. Links are in the description. Thanks for your support. For today's show, I have a returning guest. Back in 2017, he was one of the first people I interviewed, and I'm thrilled to have him back again. He's been dancing professionally since 1998, starting out as a ballroom dancer. Then he fell in love with Argentine tango. He established City Style Tango, a dynamic studio located just outside Detroit. He's a choreographer, teacher, event organizer, and competitor. I honestly don't know where he gets the energy to do all that and travel to tango festivals, but I'm glad I was able to catch up with him and have him back on the show. And with me now is James Valentino. James, good to have you back on the show. It's been a while. How you been? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. So you were were episode two way back in 2017. And we got you back nice. here again for episode 145. So, <laughs> oh, <nice>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, amidst this whole uh, COVID 19 business, uh, how have you been keeping busy? Well, first, being able to do a lot of uh, back office work. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Going back to episode two of your podcast, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we talked about. Uh, uh, how I just jumped into it, and um, I, I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic hit, we shut everything down. Mm-hmm. It was a, uh, it, it gave me a lot of time to uh, uh, catch up on back office stuff. Not to mention, my philosophy for teaching uh, tango had been developing over the last 10 years, and then I finally got, you know, where I thought I had all my uh, ducks in a row where I could teach tango from beginning to wherever I am right now. Yeah. And then being able to take the time to put that, uh, to document that and like put it in order uh, for myself. I had it like in a roundabout way of uh, how I wanted to uh, take someone who hadn't done tango at all and try to uh, start to develop them. I would cater it towards the student versus having uh, knowing exactly where I wanted you to start from and how I could uh, systematically uh, get you to progress from there. So mm-hmm. I, I had a lot of time, and, and my kids were with me too, so they were like the guinea pigs. But I had a lot of time to go from the beginning and write down and document how I wanted to uh, uh, teach someone from the beginning. Good, good. Yeah, so keeping busy and uh, in going through those details, did, have you learned anything mm-hmm. new or just come up with ideas that you might not have considered, you know, had this whole thing not, not hit? Always. Like... Every, every time, every time, every time I think I know what's going on with Tango, it's like, ah, oh, yep, that makes sense. And it's like, uh, I, I call it metaphysics, mm-hmm. uh, the, the metaphysics of the uh, partner dances, because you can just keep going inside, 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 mm-hmm. and it becomes bigger and bigger the more you go inside. So the more basic you get, the bigger everything becomes. Uh, it's, it's everything that I, I, I already knew, but 
the more you go inside, the more insight you get into something uh, really simple. So yeah. I'm just getting more and more insight as I continue to dive uh, into the uh, subject itself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one of the one of the really bad things I think we're experiencing is is the tango withdrawal. You know, it, it's it's funny. Just last Tuesday, I was able to just start one of my weekly events up again. Only a few people showed up, but man, it felt mm -hmm. really good to dance again. So hopefully, we mm -hmm. all get to get back to to doing that. Yeah. So. Uh, just in your opinion, James, what are some things uh, some of our tango students can do on their own while they're, you know, st when they're while they're away from the dance floor? This has been a tricky question, especially uh, mm -hmm. to try to teach someone this um, and being away from them and not having someone to work with yourself. Yeah. But um, just being able to really work on yourself. So my kids are seven and nine, uh, Jason will be eight shortly. So uh, I have a boy and a girl, they're, they're essentially eight and nine. Mm -hmm. And I, I teach them about uh, dance, tango in particular, all the time. And one thing I always say about dance, uh, I say that dance is life. Mm -hmm. And life is a dance. So the principles that I find in tango usually apply to the same principles uh, in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so that being the case, the more I study dance, the more I understand relationships as a whole. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it all just works as uh, one cycle for me. Mm -hmm. Have you gained any insights on teaching just when you're working with your kids? Well, I, I've been working. They, they've been coming to my adult classes okay. uh, for like the last two years. So wow. they actually helped me to continue to feel somewhat normal. Mm -hmm. as we were locked uh, into the house because they weekly came to my classes. So continuing to teach them gave me an outlet to continue to have some type of a, a normal uh, uh, dancing lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. You got something that's specific to, to do with your kids. I bet they're really honest about their feedback, huh? Um, no, they <laughs> keep it to themselves. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have to ask them uh, open-ended questions to try to get anything out. I see. Okay. Okay. So, James, there are a couple things that, you know, over the course of, of how this uh, this podcast has evolved, you know, it's been, a, for me, it's just been a huge learn-as-you-go process. And then, um, of course, I've come up with some more questions that now I ask a lot of teachers, but I don't think I had got a chance to ask you in some of the earlier mm -hmm. interviewees. So, kind of going back to... Uh, earlier in your in your tango journey, so what were some uh, what were some bad tango habits that you used to have, and how did you get over them? <laughs> I, I, I imagine to some point I might be known for some of my earlier uh, bad <laughs> habits, <laughs> at least in the communities that I frequent. Some bad habits you can't avoid because there are so many things about tango at the beginning that you just don't know. Yeah. So one of my bad habits <laughs> at the beginning of uh, Tango was um, not staying in my lane. Like Ooh. I would just dance all over the dance floor. Mm -hmm. So I come from a, a college basketball uh, background. Okay. So I'm used to going in and out of space. Mm. So I could avoid people and I could keep my own space, but I wouldn't stay in one lane. I would just, wherever there was space, I would find myself in that space and avoid other people. And uh, I know I rubbed a, a lot of people the wrong way uh, uh, with that in the beginning. 
But I literally had no idea because no one ever told me. Um. When I first began, no one told me that there were lanes and no one told me about Kavaseyoing, uh, another leader, uh, leader to uh, get onto the dance floor. Uh-huh. So there were so many things I had no idea that um, those were my initial bad habits. Uh. <laughs> so floor craft, floor mm-hmm. craft in general uh, was some of my... Uh, uh, notorious bad habits in the beginning. <laughs> Lord God, yeah. Now, yeah. if I see somebody all over the desk, I'm like, who is your teacher? <laughs> <laughs> who is your teacher? Come yeah. on. Get a lay, fella. Yeah, yeah, Floorcraft. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. I mean, sometimes as a teacher, I get so caught up with the content of the class. Like, oh, yeah, I got to remember. You, gotta, can't, you can't go the other way. You got to go counterclockwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and leaders uh, tend to just gravitate towards the center, mm-hmm. you know, so especially uh, with my beginner uh, students, letting letting them, helping them to see the lane and to not just gravitate towards the uh, center. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm really, I always notice when I, when I go to the grocery store, when I have a shopping cart with the bad wheel, it always kind of wants to mm-hmm. lean one way. <laughs> That's just, uh-huh. and, I ha- uh-huh. and I keep having to, to kind of give it like turn it to the right a little bit to keep it straight yeah so that's that's yeah. really that makes me reminds me of the line of dance yeah yeah so james i've been to a couple tango festivals ran and i would randomly run into you i said i think i saw mm-hmm. you in chicago last summer and then last uh september mm-hmm. again in la it was just awesome that you know i go mm-hmm. to this place and, and there you are and it's awesome how you get around again i mentioned this in the previous episode where you teach you choreograph you compete you go and then and somehow you find the time to travel to these festivals and so so as you're building things at the studio this along the way during in your journey Tango is just full of ups and downs and, you know, great experiences, bad experiences. So when you, when you were kind of in those low points, uh, how, how did you kind of push yourself to keep going? Because a lot of people hit their first couple low points and they give up. So for myself, just being a competitive athlete, mm-hmm. we just work through low points. Like low points come with uh, any territory. You're not going to step onto any field and just dominate the field, just walk onto the field. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you're, unless you're LeBron James. But um, just even when I was all over the place with my horrible floor craft, I always felt good about what I was doing. And I usually had a good uh, rapport with whoever I was dancing with. Mm-hmm. So just making sure that I tried to give a uh, of my personal follow the best experience that I could provide uh, them with. Let me know that I did my best and I can't do any more than my best. So if anyone's upset with me about that, mm-hmm. I really can't help you because I, I'm doing the best I can do. And, and always letting that be good enough for me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me add too, sure. and always trying to make my dance better always trying to make my follow experience dance better. I can only do as good as I can do. Mm-hmm. And I can try to be better tomorrow. So as long as that's my approach, then I, I'm okay with whatever I do in any particular day. Mm-hmm. Nice. It was really fun. Yes, I remember in, when we were in Chicago, we took a couple of workshops and we were in the same class together. So it's always, it's always kind of fun to take a, a class as an instructor. So, mm-hmm. and 
again, I've been seeing you everywhere, all these different places or I, on your Facebook, you're here, you're there, you're just kind of traveling everywhere. So, so what is your mindset during these, these workshops? First, uh, I, I travel from a Friday to a Monday. Mm-hmm. And, and my malanga is Thursday night. So as soon as my malanga is finished, I feel like I'm on vacation. I'm like, I'm about to have fun this entire weekend. Mm-hmm. So I'm just excited to dance with uh, uh, all the best dancers uh, in the country. And, and then I've been around so much that I usually know about half of the room. So then I have a bunch of people that I know that I need to uh, dance with. And then there's a bunch of people that I don't know that I want to meet. Mm-hmm. So when I go to a festival, I usually dance the entire time. Nice. Like from when it opens, whenever it close, I'm going to be there until it closes. If it's going to close late, I might come an hour late so that I can get some rest so that I can go all night. But I dance the entire time and I try to meet as many new people as I can uh, meet. And then I try to get to as many people um, that I've already have a relationship with um, mm-hmm. as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that uh, idea of you're always learning. You know, you, mm-hmm. despite all your experience, you're you're always you're always learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of that, what's something rec- like what's something new you've learned relatively recently within the last few weeks or, or months? I'm thinking about because most of my work recently has been with the kids, and uh, I've been working on. Uh, Tango Decoded, which mm-hmm. is uh, uh, the system that, that I prescribe. Um, I, I would say the thing that has become more acutely aware to me in the last few weeks are the limited options uh, that you have in Tango, mm-hmm. which open up to the infinite options that you have in Tango. Yeah. But really seeing what the limitations are so that you can see what the real combinations are for the uh, uh, infinite combinations that you can put together. Mm-hmm. So I know that just really keening into there's only, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, four steps that you can take in Argentine Tango. That's the forward step, side step, back step, forward step in place. Mm-hmm. And really having a relationship. So let me say real quick what sure. my, I have a formula for Argentine Tango now. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's R3 plus D4 equals S2. Okay. So R3 are the three basic rhythms in tango. You have your simple time, double time, and half time. Mm-hmm. Plus the four directions, which is your uh, forward, side, back, and in place. Mm-hmm. So your rhythms plus your directions will equal an open step or a cross step, which are the only kind of steps that we can take. Yeah. So the philosophy is the rhythm comes first because we have to connect to the music. So really connecting to the rhythm and then exercising the directions. So what I uh, do with Jason, that's my boy who's Mm -hmm. uh, seven, I have him dance the rhythms first without doing anything. So he'll stand in one place and he has to uh, dance the three different rhythms. Mm -hmm. And then he'll slowly start to add directions. He'll go forward and back first only. Mm. So you can dance in place or you can only go forward and back only in two places. Mm -hmm. So they're just exercising forward and back. And then I'll let him go side to side. So then he's separating your X axis from your Y axis so that he only is dancing one axis at a time. Really, really keying in on that and then watching um, dancers and seeing how they're doing the same thing, whether it's the way they teach or not, 
it's still the same things uh, that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So really trying to see uh, how this formula uh, appears in uh, all the dances, because I'd say Argentine Tango is a master key to mm -hmm. all the partner dances. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's, that's what my focus has been on in the last few weeks. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I like that formula. I like how you, you break it down. I'm sure you've shown maybe to some of your intermediate or advanced students some step that mm -hmm. appears complicated. You kind of see the look on their faces like, what is that? Mm -hmm. But like you said, is it, it's just a step linear like or, or a cross step and, or maybe a pivot thrown in. And those are only the, mm -hmm. the fundamentals. And I think as a teacher, yeah. probably when we attend workshops as teachers, I think we, we're really good at seeing that you know, what mm -hmm. is, what is this actually made of instead of being overwhelmed by this, by the final right. product. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, that's cool. That's cool. So I'm sure people will rewind this section, listen, listen, and yeah. And to <laughs> piggyback what you said about, uh, uh, going to uh, beginner classes and things uh, at festivals as teachers, just being humble and knowing that you don't know everything. You don't yeah. know everything. Um, even in a beginner class, uh, I, I hear beginners uh, oftentimes they don't want to be associated with a beginner class. Mm. But uh, uh, Michael Jordan uh, has uh, some quote saying how basically fundamentals is everything. Mm -hmm. So the, the more that you can really, really do the fundamentals, the more that you can do everything. So when you're in a beginner class, to make yourself in your mind a beginner so that you can hear this information for the first time mm -hmm. and you can hear something so simple but if you give it the attention like you're a, a new student getting new information you might find like a, a nugget and something that's so simple and it could be something that you know also mm -hmm. but at different times you can hear a different um, the same thing and it'll affect you a different way yeah yeah and it's great I, I, I like what you said about this being humble. I mean, you mm -hmm. see some of the best dancers or the best the people who are the best at anything. There, mm -hmm. there is a there's a real element of humility there. So yeah, knowing that you don't know, like yeah. it's okay to not know. Mm -hmm. I, I was just talking to uh, my kids uh, about this uh, recently, and how when you're a, a kid, initially you just ask questions, you ask questions, you ask questions, mm -hmm. and then at some point, and a kid about nine or ten. You want to say, I know to everything. Mm. I know. Or you, you don't want to ask questions. You want to already know. And um, that's childish. <laughs> so let's not be childish as adults. That's childish yeah. to want to know something before you know it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So being humble and taking in the information. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. That's very, very good advice i think i'll have to remember that i i have a kid coming in september so congratulations thank you yeah having a little boy <laughs> nice <laughs> so nice. i gotta remember that yeah the questions mm -hmm. and then yeah there'll come a point and i remember when i was a teenager i say mm -hmm. i know i know i know when you know you should listen <laughs> that's that's why i ask them yeah. open-ended questions uh my students too i ask them open-ended questions so that they can try to find the information themselves Versus me give them something for them to agree to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny. I, I don't know if you see this with, with your students. I'm trying to perhaps change my my teaching style because I see mm -hmm. that uh, sometimes I have students who are they're just afraid of getting the wrong answer. You know, I mm -hmm. guess they, maybe you come from a work or a school environment where we've sort of been 
inundated with this idea if we make a mistake it's bad and that's not necessarily mm -hmm. bad for tango that's how you learn mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. yeah so i'm really trying to set the tone where we can uh <laughs> we can like you said feel free to try to experiment because so much of this mm -hmm. dance is not about i gotta look for that that right answer so uh -huh. yeah yeah so so how do you work with i mean I, i'm sure you might have some beginner students who kind of come in with that thinking like i got to get this right i want to i want to do this how do you kind of get them to to open up a little bit so that they're not so uh, scared of making mistakes so what's your method of, of addressing that so and again uh, this is why i'm so excited about uh tango decoded so i come from ballroom mm-hmm and when you go into when I start with ballroom, it's really really easy to get people started. It's mm -hmm. really easy to get beginners started in beginning ballroom dance uh, versus Argentine uh, tango. Yeah. What what I do now with beginners in Argentine tango is I give them this small like a uh, alphabet to start, and then they themselves very early can make up like their own small words and they feel like like I'm making the choice of which step to take versus when I started the first thing I learned in Argentine tango was an eight count basic mm -hmm. so I'm thinking an eight count basic is the beginning concept of Argentine tango mm. so I need it I need enough space to be able to do an eight count basic <laughs> and I, I can't deviate. I have to do start at step one and make it to step eight. Like I say in the beginning, I have you dance in one place, mm -hmm. which is helpful when you get on a crowded dance floor. So you just dance in one place, and then you take one step and you dance in another place. And then I have you just rotate what place you're going to dance in first. And just by being musical, not, not doing any steps, just being musical, uh, there's a, uh, a video on YouTube called Tango Phrasing, mm -hmm. and they have a, a DeSarly song, and a gentleman is counting along with the song, and mm -hmm. he counts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight, and the seven and eight gives you a sense of double time early in your musicality where you're just marching at time and you keep putting in this seven and eight, the syncopated step. Mm -hmm. So to have you dance that in place with a partner makes you feel in sync with the music even though you're not really moving around, you're just being in sync, which gives you a sense of dancing versus um, doing some kind of work uh, with what steps I need to handle. Yeah. It's easy to just move and be musical with uh, someone else if you're keeping the, the same type of rhythm. Mm -hmm. So that's what I like to do in the beginning is give them success and just being rhythmical and then starting to, I like, it's over a month or so before we really get into any kind of pattern. Yeah. Yeah, eight count basic. I, I was so bad at that for the longest time, James, when I first started. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and when I did eight count basic from the beginning, yeah. I would do step one and two and then when I did step three, I always did three because of the uh, uh, the video on the teacher that I uh, uh, worked with in the beginning. I would take step three at a 45, no, no, like at a, yeah, at a 45 degree angle going towards the center. Yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the beginning of driving all over the dance floor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I remember. Third step is going to take you to the next lane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, I did something similar, but I was just so dead set on getting that cross. I didn't uh -huh. care where I was going. I was like, I got the cross. Yeah, I remember I had a teacher. This was in New York. She set up like this, uh, like like a circle of chairs, like to kind of get us into the line of dance. So the chairs were on our on if you're a leader on your left. I just kept hitting those okay. chairs and stuff, uh -huh. and it's like yep. knocking them over. But I got the cross. Yep. <laughs> so like, yep. oh, yeah, like, <laughs> good times, good times. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that's a really tough uh, figure to start with. I think mm -hmm. eight count. I, yeah, yeah. I, I never introduce that on the first day unless the students mm -hmm. are like unless it's a private and I have a really quick learner. But yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So switching gears a little bit, James, to competition. Yeah. So last uh, September, I know I saw you at, in L.A. That was a really uh -huh. interesting experience. It was fun for to watch. And uh, yeah, so tango competition and, and prep. So how do you convince your students to to do it? It's not so much convincing as which students gravitate to it. I see. So uh, I have one student in particular, uh, Lenore Brown, mm -hmm. who gravitates to competitions and performances uh, similar to the way that I do. As a matter of fact, uh, she goes to the festivals uh, uh, similar to the way that I do also. I actually call her twin. We have a lot of similarities uh, <laughs> on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Most of my competition is ballroom oriented because I didn't even know about uh, many of the uh, tango competitions yeah. because I never had a professional partner. Mm -hmm. So most of the competitions were geared towards uh, tango dancers with uh, partners. Yeah. When they introduced the Jack and Jill a few years ago, that was when I really could even start to try to uh, enjoy competition, mm -hmm. you know, uh, any kind of um, professional uh, aspect of it. And then when I saw the uh, Pro-Am Tango competition, well, that's the same format as the ballroom, so mm -hmm. that was much more familiar to me. And um, uh, that was the first time we went to uh, the Tango's, uh, International Tango uh, Summit uh, mm -hmm. as a Pro-Am uh, competition. So that was our first time competing in Tango Pro-Am. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a lot of fun? Man. <laughs> first of all, it's a festival, so I'm already about to have whole weekend fun. And then um, to be able to compete, uh, I told you I come from uh, college basketball. Yeah. So it's like uh, it's like I just arrived at the Staples Center. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Detroit is about to play L.A. You know, it's an oh. open tournament, and we're about to go in here and you know uh, yeah. do the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, because I we didn't were, know. Uh, Good. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because I didn't know about the Jack and Jill competition. I, I met this this young lady at the comp at the uh, at the festival where I was dancing. She's like, "Oh yeah, I'm competing." I'm like, "Great. Oh, who, who are you dancing with? Who's who's your partner?" He's like, "No, no, no I don't have a partner. I just you know sign." I was like, "What? You can do that?" Uh -huh. So maybe uh -huh. next time I'll try that because that's that just looks so much fun. Like they because they uh -huh. match you with someone that you don't know, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. And then, they, and then you rotate. Yeah. That's awesome. That's so fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, even mm -hmm. you know, win or lose, that's just, that's just so much fun. Right. Right. There's that there's that thrill of not knowing. And then mm -hmm. who knows, maybe you do click with that person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now did you do Jack and Jill as well during last September? Um no? I've done uh Jack and Jill at SoCal. But um okay. in September that really is a student competition. I see. So the Jack and Jill is not for the pros, the Jack oh. and Jill is for the students. Okay. Then I gotta maybe next time I'll try to convince some of my students to 
to try that out because that's that's just a really it gives you a goal to work towards. I mean, it's great yeah. to take classes, but when you're in competition again, uh, you know, win or mm-hmm. lose, you, you do really focus your your practice and your technique and, and everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, and Lenore had only she's been only dancing a uh, tango about three years, so she went to uh, wow uh, SoCal last year and entered in their Jack and Jill and took a and she was only two years in at the time mm-hmm. and she took a third place. Uh, her wow. first time entering the competition, right? Nice. So then she went to uh, to the summit. Excuse me. Mm-hmm. And um, so the summit started on a Thursday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Tuesday night after teaching, I went to the uh, hospital because I could barely walk. Something was uh, going on with my knee. Ooh. And I and I went to the hospital just to make sure that. It wouldn't break off when I went to LA because I'm going to LA and yeah. I'm going to compete. So I just wanted to make sure I wasn't going to do any permanent damage. Mm-hmm. And um, they, you know, they said it, it's, we don't know exactly what's going on, but it's not anything major. So we missed our flight Thursday morning oh. uh, to go. Then we got rebro- uh, rerouted to uh, like New Orleans or something. So we ended up making it to LA. An hour after the competition was supposed to start. Oh. So they held the competition up an hour for us. Wow. So we get off the plane, immediately get changed. I limp down to the dance floor, and Lenore takes first place in every competition. Oh, wow. Wow. So that really feels like we flew into the Staples Center like uh, I, I I look at Isaiah Thomas um, scoring 16 points in the fourth quarter on one ankle, and and things like that, and that's what it felt like. Wow! And did you ever find out what was wrong with your knee? I had started playing basketball prior to this long schedule that I had of uh, performances and uh, traveling, mm-hmm. and uh, I did too much, and I'm uh, aggravated it uh, greatly. Oh, okay, but it held up the competition. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. All right, so. It's not just about showing up, dancing, winning. There's a lot of prep work that goes before you compete. So what was your practice regimen like for you and your for, for competition? One, well, once we uh, know that we're going to competition, whenever she comes to a milonga, we have to dance one tanda of uh, uh, each field. So mm-hmm. we, I dance with her at least three times in an evening, a balsa milonga and a tango, mm-hmm. which... Uh, when you're the uh, owner of the studio, everybody wants to uh, dance with you when they come to Milonga. Yeah. And when you dance with one person three times, you start to get some eyebrows like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't see you dance with her before. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're going to competition, and she needs to be, uh, uh, we need to be in sync, and we need to, uh, especially she's doing uh, Jack and Jill also. <laughs> so just getting extra time on the floor um, being in sync. Mm-hmm. But as far as um, our private lessons, nothing was geared towards competition mm. because all of our private lessons are geared towards uh, social dancing. I see. So the real training for the competition is us at the Milongas being able to do what we do uh, in practice. Okay. Being able to do it in real time and being able to have that real um, communication uh, without choreographing anything. Okay. Okay, interesting. So what were her takeaways after that experience? First 
it was thrilling. The, the whole scene was thrilling for her. And she did really well, so that helps you to feel well about, you know, uh, what happened. Mm -hmm. Her takeaway was she definitely wants to uh, continue to do this. Uh, she, she enjoyed herself. She enjoyed being challenged by a field of her peers. She missed a first place by hundreds of a second. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, of a um, point. Point, okay. So then... Uh, that was encouraging to her to the degree of how well she was able to do because we come from a, a pretty small community. Mm -hmm. uh, we come from uh, Detroit. Yeah. So there's there's not a lot of high level dance, and so when you get out into the field where uh, clearly there's a lot of high level dance, you want to be able to uh, feel like you're holding your own, mm -hmm. uh, not just in a competitive uh, sense. But um, as a dancer, you want to feel like you're offering uh, the best representation of your teacher, your school, and your community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so as a teacher, James, once you got through that experience, I mean, it's awesome that you did so well just after having gotten off the plane and rushing over to the dance floor. So just kind of looking back in your prep work, leading up to the competition, what were some things that really worked? That is like, yes, we, we prepared perfectly. Uh, one of the things that worked really, really well for us was the different timing exercises we worked on, on showing different uh, timings and different musicality. Mm -hmm. And we had just come from um, a lot of the, I went to maybe about three or four festivals in a row in which at least three of them, Rod and Jenny uh, from Chicago, yeah. uh, were there. Which mm -hmm. is, uh, I, I met you in Chicago. It wasn't Rod and uh, Jenny's event, but uh, mm -hmm. we met in Chicago <laughs> where you were the beginning teacher for the Tango Week. Oh yeah. But yeah. Um, they had given us some um, some new uh, material, um, musicality-wise, mm -hmm. and we had just been playing with that as, as a regular regiment. Um, understanding and dissecting and really um, being in sync with the different things that they um, uh, showed us. And when we got to the competition floor, there were lots of opportunities to play with uh, the music and, the, um, and some of the things that they had shown us. And because it was something new that we were working on, it just really popped uh, whenever the opportunity uh, presented itself. Mm -hmm. And I remember we both were really uh, happy with some of the things we were able to do uh, musically uh, with those uh, exercises. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. A competition that's that's so much fun. So much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so when this pandemic hit, what were some events that you were planning on going to but, but, but couldn't make it to? Because I, I, was I was about to go to New Mexico. I don't know if you were uh, for the... Uh, we were debating uh, Albuquerque. Yes. Yes, yeah, I was about I was, to go. We were debating it. So uh, disappointed did the live music festival. Oh, cool. I would have ran into you again, but uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> so uh, we had just went to uh, Nashville two weeks before everything shut down. Mm. So, uh, and thank goodness we uh, made it to Nashville. Mm -hmm. uh, Nashville, we weren't questioning it. Corona was just starting to be over here in the States and yeah. it was um, mostly in in California, that was where people were uh, avoiding. Yeah, we felt pretty safe over in Nashville, and then two weekends later, we were supposed to go to LA for the uh, SoCal competition. Mm. So we went to Nashville, and then the following weekend, we were debating where, whether we we're going to go to LA because 
it was starting to get bad in LA and before the weekend got there everything was shut down uh, so uh, uh -huh. I missed uh, Nashville uh, I missed uh, Loka mm -hmm. I missed New Orleans I missed uh, the Big Apple uh, marathon yeah uh, I was teaching in uh, Columbus uh, mm -hmm. for their uh, first festival so I've missed uh, and I'm supposed to be Whatever's going on this weekend, I'm supposed to be there too. Oh. I, forget. <laughs> I forget where it is, but I'm supposed to be somewhere uh, this weekend too. Yeah. I think it's New Orleans this weekend. So I've yeah. missed five events uh, since the uh, shutdown. So I have five plane tickets, like refunds uh, mm -hmm. pending to be able to go somewhere. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, New Orleans, I missed that crew down there. They've been, mm -hmm. they're, they're a really cool bunch. Yeah. Yeah, I went there last year for the first time. Well, what'd you think? And, oh my, it was one of the most fun. Just the city alone, but it was one of the most fun tango uh, yeah. events I've ever been to. They do that second line during the in the middle of the Malanga. That do the second line. Second line. Yeah, the uh, you know, the big they got the band that comes out like. The, oh yeah. 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 <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's that's awesome. That was. <laughs> what an experience! Uh, yeah, and it's right there in the, the French food Quarter. Was so good too. What's that? The food was so good. Oh my gosh. I went the down there. Was I was so teaching good. a workshop, and one of my friends who was hosting me, she's like, "What do you want to do before she before she got the finished answering the question?" I'm like, "Gumbo." <laughs> First thing the I do. The food was so good. I I got food at the airport leaving just to get food one more time. <laughs> I got food at the airport. Like, let me taste it one more time before I go. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. It's a direct flight from Detroit too, right? Or mm -hmm. yeah, nice. yeah, we got a direct flight. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, so when it comes to the people like you, people like us who love tango or any kind of interest that we have, chances are we also pick up other hobbies along the way. Uh, have there been any other interests that you've uh, just been done doing on the side other than tango? Tango is really like the last interest I've developed. Okay. So yeah, I have to go back in interest. Oh, okay. Um, like I told you, my knee was uh, uh, hurting because I had started playing started playing basketball here. Yeah. <clears throat> and the other thing that I used to do, which I um, noticed I started to do um, uh, during the um, stay stay at home, mm -hmm. was uh, drawing. I, I noticed you've been doing it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I started drawing again. Nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I was like, yeah. All right, uh, let's go back and doing this. If I can draw tango, people, then yeah. Right, and it feels yeah. like spending time drawing the embrace. Yeah. Feels as close to the embrace that you can get to without having an embrace yourself. Yeah. So yeah, drawing the embrace, you can feel the embrace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Because uh, it's funny because I used to be really not not bad, but I used to be, I used to have a lot of trouble with with figure drawings. I would just like when I was in high school, I would just like do a lot of doodling. I'd draw like X Men or whatever in the corner of my notes and get yelled at for it. But mm -hmm. but it's funny, like you said, drawing the embrace. Like since we understand tango, it's mm -hmm. it's not not that, not that it's easier, but it's I can make it work a lot more now that I have a specific goal. It's like well, that boleo mm -hmm. doesn't look right, but I. But uh -huh. since I know how to teach I, or know how to dance, it, we can we can create that. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> drawing, cool. So when did you start drawing? Or do, is that something you've always been doing? Uh, yeah, elementary school. <clears throat> yeah, doing yeah. I've, I've always just uh, drawn. Uh, as I was in fashion design school, uh, I left fashion design school to start dancing oh, or wow. to start to teach dance. Okay. Right? 
Wow. <laughs> Everyone's got such a cool background story. It's, it's great. Yeah. And with this COVID-19, yeah, I know it's kind of sucks being locked down, but for me as a podcaster, it's actually, it's, it's kind of nice. Cause like no one can, can get away from me. Like they're, you know, they're all at home. So they're, they're yeah. easier to get hold of. All right, James, it's been a lot of fun. So where, where do we find out more about you online? Uh, right now it's still at uh, citystyletango.org.org. Um, yes. Uh, my biggest uh, uh, following is on Facebook, James Valentino, or okay. uh, City Style Tango uh, Dance Studio. Yep. All right. All right. Well, James, thank you again so much for, for being a guest again. I'm so glad I got to ask you a lot of these follow-up questions. I know you've mm -hmm. been... Thank you. Yeah. So I know it kind of sucks to be stuck at home, but at least I could catch up with you while you're, <laughs> while you're getting caught up with your administrative stuff. Yeah. And they just let us out, so... Uh, so now I'm, I'm starting to get back out. I, I danced for the first time last night. Nice. That was really exciting. Not last night, but uh, two nights ago. Oh, so I, okay. I'm now starting to dance again. Good. Uh, I'm teaching uh, private lessons. We aren't doing any uh, groups or anything here yet. Yeah. They just uh, let us out last week. So um, I'm, I'm looking at forward to have human contact again. Yeah. Um, when, the, when, when this first happened, I, I became acutely aware Mm -hmm. of how spoiled I was mm. where my lifestyle is concerned. Yeah. Because I, I hug, kiss, greet, and spend good time with people on a daily basis uh, teaching uh, dance, take one particular. Mm -hmm. And once I didn't have that, I'm like, my God, I need a hug. <laughs> like, I'm used to getting hugged all day, every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that... that... So, yeah, getting back, just that tango embraces moving. It's like, oh, yeah. It's mm -hmm. like, imagine mm -hmm. like you haven't had a beer in like months and then <laughs> someone gives you a nice cold one. So, right, you know. right. That's just like, <laughs> cool. All right, James, thank you again so much, man. Great to hear from you. And um, you too, I'm, Joe. I'm sure once things open up a little bit more, I'm sure I'll run into you somewhere. <laughs> yep, I'm sure we will. All right. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Joe. All right, always a good time talking with James and hearing his stories. In terms of learning, I really like James's view on fundamentals. Again, this point is going to come up over and over again. Our basics and fundamentals, crucial when it comes to tango. And as we become more advanced, those basics will make more and more sense and we'll see more layers and nuances within those concepts. And all this ties in with humility. I love how James approaches learning. And he has the attitude that there's always something new to learn. And he mentioned that children always ask questions. And then they get to a point where they want to say, I know, to everything. And as we become adults, and because of work and or school, we feel the pressure to have to know the answers to a lot of stuff, even stuff we've never learned before, oddly enough. And when it comes to tango, James points out that it's okay to not know answers. At a tango class, we're there to learn. We're not there to constantly prove whether we belong or not. And as a teacher, James makes an effort to ask open-ended questions. I like when he said that students aren't there to just agree with me and they should feel free to be inquisitive. So thank you again, James, for your thoughts and for your time. And a big thank you to all you listeners for tuning in. It really means a lot that you've made time to listen to the show. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason, feel free to send an email to joe at healthytango.com. Once again, that's joe at healthytango.com. 
And again, be sure to check out my online course on demystifying back cicadas. Yes, this is a step that you can do. I will show you how in just a hint. Yes, it does have a lot to do with your fundamentals. So just visit HealthyTango.com to get started. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.